Hello and welcome to the podcast where we talk about creating experimental art in trauma-informed and sustainable ways that support artists, our communities, and the organization as a whole. I'm Molly, and you're listening to Any Other Anythings. Welcome to episode three of season two of Any Other Anythings. I'm Molly. In this episode, we will be going over some questions to consider before staging a show that involves trauma or is about trauma. And a reminder that everything in season two is all about trauma and creativity. So please, as a reminder, put yourself first. Uh, I won't be going into any details about traumatic events. However, it is impossible for me to know, dear listener, what you might find as activating or triggering. So feel free to pause at any time. This episode is available um, whenever you're ready to come back to it. I'll offer a resourcing activity for today. Um, So this one's more writing-based. If you are not someone who enjoys writing or you prefer to draw or video or audio record, feel free to do that instead. I'm someone who really, I like to write stuff down, so I tend to um, go that direction, but you could also make a dance about this or anything that really works um, with this offering. So I call these anchoring reflections. So it's something that you can come back to I find sometimes when going through uh, new information around trauma or um, just anything that might be like a little challenging for us, it's important to have that thing that you can come back to that's a grounding, resourcing, centering thing for you, such as like living in your beliefs, and that's one of the prompts. So consider this your anchor. Um, If you're feeling a little lost as we go through this episode, feel free to pause and return to this reflection. All right, so a couple of prompts for this reflection. Uh, You are welcome to just like think about these or maybe you want to pause the audio, it's up to you. Um, So an anchoring reflection before beginning. How do you define trauma? And is there like a prop or some object that represents trauma well for you? So for example, um, I often talk about a stress ball is something that I feel represents my relationship to understanding trauma. It's something where like I can squeeze it, I can get curious about like what happens if I drop it, and I don't worry about it. Um, I'm very comfortable holding a stress ball. And so that is a way for me to understand how I uh, think about trauma. Um, So what's like a proper object that works for you? And if you're someplace where you're hopefully like not driving or you can, um, maybe it's a prop that you have available in your space and you can keep it nearby while listening. Second part of this anchoring reflection is what philosophies or truths or beliefs do you hold on sharing stories of trauma? I'll say that one again. What philosophies, truths, beliefs, do you hold on sharing stories of trauma? This has been a question that I I often bring up uh, in workshops or or sessions, Um, but it wasn't until, I don't know, maybe a few weeks ago that I used the phrase trauma bias. Um, I have no idea if that is 
a phrase that is out there or not, but one of the things I've been thinking about is how we all come into these conversations about trauma with our own trauma history, with our own um, truths about trauma. And I think it's important, especially when going into a space where um, multiple trauma histories might be coming together, being aware of what are you bringing into that space and are there certain assumptions about what others are bringing into that space when you talk about trauma. Um, So those are the two big anchoring reflections for you. And with that, let's begin. Um, So in the past year of collective trauma that um, I think this globe has experienced, uh, there's been no shortage of stories to tell about trauma. Um, And this can be, you know, like, let's go, remember, we're going big and broad with definitions of trauma. Um, And an observation that I've had in this past year is that there's a lot more open discussion of trauma and acknowledging its pervasiveness, which I find is really exciting. And I, I'm really glad people are finally talking about this. Um, and I've noticed an uh, like a accompanying trend is that creatives, particularly those in positions of power, I'm thinking of fellow educators and directors and choreographers, Um, are jumping into rehearsal spaces to really unpack their own traumas in communities that are often oppressed. So I'm thinking of youth or students in systems of education. And so if you find yourself that you're an art maker who is feeling an urgency around creating a performance, especially right now, about right now, I encourage you to slow down uh, and and maybe almost come to a complete stop before moving forward in that production. And so that's what I'm going to really focus on, or like what's the thought patterns um, that I go through before selecting what kind of work is going to be staged. And I have a lot more questions than answers, so if you're looking for the answer, I I don't know if I have it for you. I have a lot of opinions though, um, and I'll share what I can in the next several minutes uh, along with the questions and I hope that the questions help guide you to decision making and um, hopefully are provoking enough to um, maybe go about whatever kind of production you are putting on in a slightly different way. So the primary question is should you make this work and like I am not a fan of using the word should um, However, in this moment, yes, this is really what I think is the right question. Um, If the first, like as soon as that creative thought comes flying in or you arrive at it in some way, shape or form, ask yourself, should, should I be doing this? Should I be leading this? And so here are some of the questions that um, I think about when, when, I'm trying to determine if I should make whatever work I'm making. So the first one is, what is the why behind creating work, sharing stories of trauma? Like, what is the why now behind this work? And then what is my relationship to the content of the work? Or what is your relationship, right? So thinking, is this 
desire to create in reaction or in response to a personal experience? Is it about broader ideas around trauma? Is it about someone else's trauma? And underneath that, we're digging in really deep with this this second one of what is your relationship to the content of the work is how likely are you to be activated or triggered by this work, right? So I think about that for myself, like how likely am I to be activated or triggered by this work? Um, Then like what's the plan to take care of yourself and others in the space um, throughout the process as well as the performance and the production? And then how might avoidance tactics reveal themselves through cognitive bypassing or intellectualizing of trauma? And then where are the boundaries of empathy versus exploitation? There's a great article um, posted several years ago now, I think, in the New York Times, perhaps, um, about empathy versus exploitation. Um, And I... I'm kind of against empathy, um, as I've written about and and shared before, um, that in general, I don't think it's possible to walk in someone else's shoes. Um, I also think it's very dangerous to walk in someone else's shoes. Um, So I prefer compassion. And the last question here is what skills, knowledge, and abilities do you bring into this work? So this is also into the room, into the process. Um, I feel very comfortable with trauma. I'm a certified trauma support specialist. I've been creating work around trauma for 14 years. I feel comfortable going into that space. But if this is your first time, then maybe that comfort level isn't there. Um, and with all of these questions, like it's gathering this information to help determine if you should or should not make this work at this time. We'll get to part two in a moment. Let me just run through these questions one more time for you. So the ultimate question is, should you be making work around trauma? Thinking about the what is the why behind creating work, sharing stories of trauma? What is the why now behind this work? What is your relationship to the content of this work? Is this in reaction or response to a personal experience, broader ideas around trauma, someone else's trauma? How likely are you as the facilitator to be activated or triggered by the work? What is your plan to take care of yourself and others and the process through the performance? What might, how might avoidance tactics reveal themselves through cognitive bypassing or intellectual intellectualizing of trauma um, and where are the boundaries of empathy and exploitation showing up and finally what skills knowledge and abilities do you bring into this work and a reminder you've got those anchoring reflections if any of this is getting a little overwhelming all right you've got your anchor you've got your weight your center you're grounded so once you go through those first set of questions to determine if you should make this work, um, which I can't tell you, right? So looking at your answers, if there's a gut response, sit with it, um, but let it be a really methodical process, okay? 
Um, if you go through those questions and you still want to move forward, it could also be like totally practical, logistical kind of stuff. Like maybe you already wrote a grant and you got the grant and you don't really want to return the money. I understand that. You got to move forward, right? So the second question is, what is the best way to go about creating this work? And I once again have a list of questions for this. So questions to consider to determine the best way to make this work. So is this work being done solo? Is it with collaborators? Is it with an ensemble? Um, if working with others, what's the communication of involving them with this project? Is it an open audition? Is it invitation only? If you're choosing to work alone, is, who, is, who is your support? Like, what are your resources? Um, so that you don't completely isolate yourself while creating work around trauma. Is this a live performance? Is it pre-recorded? Is it kind of both? Uh, which method of delivery of the performance would be the most sustainable for those involved in the work? So if it is a highly physical live performance, is that something that you want to have people go through on a daily night with an audience that's live in the space with lots of variables happening? Or is it something where maybe it would be best if it was pre-recorded and there was some other way of approaching it where performers would not be asked to reenact whatever kind of trauma um, they might be embodying on a nightly basis? Right. And then lastly, this, this final question goes back to the questions that you go through um, under the should you be making this work um, and it's looking at how to adapt or mitigate to address any of the the content or process-based answers um, that you went up that you went through before so as you're going through this like are you likely to be activated or triggered by the work like okay cool so if, if the answer is like yeah I'm pretty sure that's gonna happen then how do you how do you work with that right like be proactive for yourself take care of yourself and others how's that going to work in this process um, find some strategies before you even open up an audition or invite collaborators in or choose to step into the studio solo start to look at how to mitigate how to adapt how to cope with any of the concerns that might have come up in the previous set of questions so i'll go through this one more time questions to consider as an individual to determine the best way to create this work are you working alone with collaborators in an ensemble? If working with others, what's the communication of involving them with this project? Is it an open audition? Is it invitation only? If you're working alone, who is your support? What are your resources? If it's a live performance, um, or is it a is it a live performance, or is it pre-recorded, or is it both? Which method of delivery would be the most sustainable for those involved in this work? And then finally, how might you adapt or mitigate, cope to address any of the content or process-based uh, concerns that might have come up in the first set of questions? All right, so as I said, I have a lot of questions. I don't have a lot of answers. Um, and like go back to those, those anchoring uh, reflections if needed. And if you are someone who is really digging in, um, maybe you've, 
you've done this work before or something. I got, I got a few more questions I'll toss out before wrapping up this episode. Um, and I think these are the ones that I don't believe there are ever answers for, um, but are worth exploring and sitting with. So one, how might trauma be transferred, perpetuated, experienced, vicariously embodied, discharged, or as a result of this work and the process to create it? How might, two, how might trauma responses be rewarded or encouraged as a result of this work and the process to create it? Three, how might systemic or institutional traumas impact the work about trauma? Four, would you be comfortable, able, willing to cancel the production if the mental health of those working on the production declined because of it. Five, should individuals share their personal traumas? Why or why not? Should individuals only share others' personal traumas? Why or why not? Six, how is the audience cared for? And finally, seven, are you ready for the unforeseeable? And that's where we'll end episode three. Thank you all. Um, I think this is one of those episodes. Sit with the questions. Um, check out our blog that has it already transcribed on there so you can really look at them and um, feel free to share. Feel free to use in your spaces of creativity and your spaces of learning. Um, and if you want to find out more, feel free to reach out. All right, all take care of yourselves. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Any Other Anythings, where we're focusing on trauma and creativity. If you are interested in learning more, please check out the show notes. You will be able to find our self-guided workshops that are available on our website, grayboxcollective.com shop, and that is gray with an E. There's also a coupon code in the show notes that gives you 10% off all services as a thank you. If you are enjoying this episode and would like more of it, please consider donating through our website, again, grayboxcollective.com slash donate, uh, so that we can continue to produce this episode and produce new work around trauma and creativity and trauma-informed creative practices. Thank you all very much for listening. Take care of yourselves. Thank you.